World's on fire. Our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass but we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. i got to ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a Coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Well, I want to give you a fair warning up front here. I'm in one of those moods. I woke up at some... I woke up this morning at 222. Craig, Mr. Numbers guy, what's that mean? 222. In fact, I was so wide awake at 222 that I sat up and I Googled it on my phone. I said, what the heck is this? <laughs> what's this all about, Lord? 222. I went from 333 to 222. Craig, am I heading the right way? Am I heading the right way? So I kind of dig that up for me, if you want. I kind of lured myself back to sleep. I couldn't go back to sleep because the Lord laid something on my heart and Holy Spirit said, I want you to talk about this today. I thought, oh, dude, dude, don't make me do that. So yeah, you're going to talk about that today. So I'm going to give you a fair warning. Uh, for the weak at heart, this show won't be for you. It's not going to be vulgar. It's not going to be, but it's going to, it's going to question everything you've ever believed from a theological standpoint. By the way, theology, anytime you hear Ology, it means study of. Uh, by, uh, biology, study of the living. Theology, th- study of, of, uh, of uh, scripture. Theology, study of doctrine. That's what it is, all right? Doxology, all of it. So today I'm going to dig in a little bit into your theology because, again, theology is open for debate. If I, th- if, if, I, th- I think I'm right. I think theology is open to debate. That's why we have about 78,000 different denominations because they all don't agree with theology. But I'm going after one today that has a broader reach. And I hope we're still friends when the the whole thing's over. I know we will. Uh, Myra, I want you to do me a favor right now. Um, My wife just had the, our our son just called in little Scarlet. Our little Scarlet baby is uh, having some breathing difficulties today to the point that uh, Michelle uh, went over there. So, so, uh, Myra, would you pray for my little granddaughter, Scarlett, right now? Would you do that for me? And, yes, and, Coach. Uh, hang on just a second here, Myra, before we get there. I'm going to pull this up there. Hang on, hang on. Make sure somebody else I'm supposed to pray for today. Thank you. Pray for Mark Mattingly. Just pray for them. Pray for all the sick people that are out there, Myra, on your mind, but especially little Scarlett, if you would. Yes, Coach. Thank you, Godfather, uh, for bringing us together. We pray the brother Jesus Christ over all of us. We repent of all our sins, past, present, and future. And we ask that the Lord, um, you cleanse us of all iniquities. Lord Jesus, uh, we pray for everybody in this huddle, everybody listening. Isaiah, uh, 53.5, that, um, by your stripes we have been healed. We pray for Scarlett, for, uh, Mark, for um and we just claim victory in your name in jesus name amen 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 and healing for uh michelle social and her knee and, and a lot of them out there a lot of sick people man and it, isn't it amazing how we always want prayer for sickness when it's us joe allen's got his hand raised go ahead joe <clears throat> coach when i when you do 
222 when you woke up. I used Psalms, so I used 222. Yeah, look at that Psalm, real quick. Okay, but you got to be careful because I use, you, know, you can I, go to Romans 222. You can go to uh, Thessalonians yeah. 222. So I, I get it. Go ahead. So, uh, oh, my God, I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest not. And in the night season, and I am not silent. Maybe that's what it was, Joe. Maybe that was it. He's still hearing me even in the middle of the night. He's not silent. Good one. Good one. Craig, what's number two mean? What's number two? Just the number two because I got triple twos. Where's Steve Deck when I need him? Steve's a numbers guy. What's number two? You dummies. Number two is is unity. 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 That's what I thought. I thought it's unity. uh, You know, uh, unity with the husband and wife and and, uh, unity in general. Triple, triple unity this morning. I'm, I received that, Lord. I really received that one for sure. Um, OJ is 75 years old today. OJ, go OJ. 75 years old. Big week for me. 43rd wedding anniversary on Thanksgiving Day. And 70th birthday on Saturday. 70 years old. I sort of feel like silver this morning. 70. Are you kidding me? That's where I'm heading. That's where I'm heading. I got, oh, uh, listen, Mel's got an announcement. I want to get all the announcements out of the way, and then I'm going to take you on a journey and put on your big boy pants, put on your steel-toed shoes, because there's one thing I want to make really, really clear, as I always try to make really, really clear. I'm not a theologian, and I've been taught a lot of junk throughout all my life. I've been through, I've been through more theological experiences in different churches than I ever, ever ever could recite. Anybody want to say amen other than me? And I'm going to tell you this. Amen. When I was a kid, when I first became a Christian, I was raised Catholic. Catholics, it was almost like a sin. My mom wasn't Catholic. It was almost like a sin if I had to go to church with my mom. Catholics went to the Catholic church. Oh, yeah, every day we went to that place. Oh, we did. We sat there and we shut up. And God was getting ready to smack us for sure so we didn't say anything. But when I got saved, I started going, I was dumb. I started going to Evangelia Fishes. I, I didn't realize, I didn't realize different churches believe different things. I know that sounds stupid. I, I, I didn't know that. Of course, I didn't know the Bible. But I didn't know that they had different opinions on different things. And that's why they had different denominations. It took me a long time to figure that out. And then I came to realize that I'm in the mess and I'm in and Gene's in the mess he's in, and Myra's in the mess that she's in, and Goslin's in the mess that he's in because he hasn't gotten any truth, truth. They haven't gotten any truth their whole life. They've just been receiving the doctrines of men. And Jesus warned us about teaching his commandments, the doctrines of men, making the word of God in none effect. And so we, here we are, I'm 70 years old, and spent most of my life believing stuff that wasn't even true. Somebody taught me that, well, that might have been true. I mean, I don't know if it's true or not, but they couldn't prove it. <laughs> it, was just a, it was just their theology. And uh, so is that, I'm going to come to you here in a minute. Uh, look, I just want to know the truth. And I'm not here to start any fights. But I know this, that a fight always begins. Everybody always gets their butt up in the air when somebody steps on their theology. I'm going to do that today. I'm going to do it. Because this is really, really, for me, it's really, really serious. And the Lord's prompted me several different times to talk about it. I hear you say, well, Coach, get to it. Get to it. No, I'm not. I want you to know it. I want to make sure that when this show is over, 
You aren't going to have people tell you, see, you better stay away from that coach. He's teaching doctrines of demons. I'm going to ask you some questions today, and then you have to decide what you're going to believe. I'm not here to tell you what you do, what you're to believe. You have to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. But I'm going to point out some things today that's going to make you scratch your head. I'll make you scratch your head. Mel, what do you got rolling there? All right. Good morning, everybody. Um, Mr. Producer, if you wouldn't mind going to thelibertyactionnetwork.com. Thank you very much. All right. So under actions at the top there, if you go to current action, I'm going to announce a, a, a new action today, and then I'm going to have Craig update you on the um, the action that we did previous. So we're coming behind um, ChristianRevolution.net, and um, we are asking people to support the Pastor Defense Fund. So um, scroll on down there, if you would, uh, Spencer. And then down below there, you can see the past actions. And if you'll click on the one that says action update when, if you can click on that, please. And Craig, would you mind coming in and talking a little bit about how our last action is a win? Well, you know, that that uh, really talks about this whole thing of we being of one accord, right? And, uh, you know, using uh, our are coming together in prayer, right? Prayer is is the uh, is the artillery that we can that we can use, you know, and uh, claim up above and so below those types of things that we hear about uh, talking about. And uh, you know, when we started this, this was a two week two week type of event that was going on there. And uh, the first that I wanted to really people to really meditate and think about it says, "For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers." But his face of the Lord, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil, right? And so these people are trying to do evil. They're trying to not let people make food. They're trying to freeze them out. They're trying to do the wrong things. And when the Lord hears the petition of the righteous for good causes that are amongst his will, well, he's going to get involved in that. And he did, you know, first it started out with a broken sewage pipe. Uh, You look at the logistics, there wasn't enough food. People were confused, disillusioned. Well, what are imprecatory problems say? Well, those are the things that they asked for. Right. And at the end of the day, they they couldn't even come to really an agreement. They had to extend for two days. What their, what their real goal was is to usurp money from the United States and European nations that are, are, are well off, take about $2 trillion, and this is from John Kerry, our representative, and give them to some of these poor nations. It's a wealth transfer, right? And of course, they'll probably siphon off about half of that into their own political funds. So that never got established as far as being, they, they did set up a platform that says, well, we should do that, but nobody wanted to really put a dime in. So I would call that as, you know, in coaches' terms, they got the ball, they made a first down, but they had to punt, and that's what they did. So, Amen. Amen. That was, a, that was a win, in my opinion. And they're always on offensive, aren't they, Craig? They're always on offense, but they did not They did not push this. But fourth and one, they weren't able to get it across the goal line. That's correct. But they'll, they'll come back, won't they? They'll be back. They'll be back next year. Amen. All, Another thing all, I, I just want to mention, Coach, um, um, Mr. Producer's there on the um, comments. Steve Quayle announced on a show, and when he did that, we started to get some comments on the action. So that was really nice. So if you guys are ever, you know, on the LibertyActionNetwork.com, and if we're we're working on an action, feel free to to you know to begin a conversation on that action. Um, that was really nice to see. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Hey, friends, look, <clears throat> I was watching Ohio State this weekend. They played very well. Play Michigan coming up, and I, I just noticed uh, I, I was watching the game. 
from a football standpoint, you guys know I always always put everything in football athletic uh, uh, framework. I was not noticing the diversity of the talents on the Ohio State football team. I noticed how some of those guys. One guy, uh, I can't remember his name. One of the offensive linemen. He's six five, uh, three hundred and thirty eight pounds. Now, if you put a football in his hand, he wouldn't be in good at all. <laughs> He'd fall forward about a yard. That'd be about it. They'd knock him down so fast because he's too slow. He, he can't move fast enough. Or I don't care how big you are, they can chop you down. But they're sure glad to have him up in front blocking. Then I, I noticed that Ohio State got their running backs hurt, and they brought in another guy off the bench who hadn't even hardly been playing at all. And he got in there, and he, he played up his – what are you saying? I'm saying, look, folks, if we would just accept this one thing, that where there are many, many different spiritual gifts, many different players on this team that the Lord's put together, and if we would all just do our job, if we would all just play our role, if the right tackle would stop trying to be the tight end, and if the tight end would stop trying to be the fullback, and if the fullback would stop trying to be the wide receiver, if you would all just use the gifts that the Lord's given you, there is a place for you in this battle for truth, justice, and the American way. Amen. And you, you can't get upset, and I know some of you do. Well, I, I, wanna, I want to, maybe that's not the right word. Look, everybody thinks their issue is the main issue. Everybody does. And it isn't. It is one of the main issues, but it isn't the main issue. One of the things I know that we're trying to do at the Liberty Action Network is try to bring everybody together to block on the same play, run the same daggone play. But other people won't block because it's not their play. And that's not the one. We shouldn't be doing that. We ought to be doing this. And that's how you get division on the football team. And that's, uh, that's why the Cleveland Browns can't win any games because they can't figure out what they want to do. They got 11 guys out there. They're all, they're all seem to be trying pretty hard, but I don't think they're all, I don't think they're all happy with the, with the game plan. And so we have to avoid that. If we're going to move forward and especially ask, ask the blessing of the Lord to fall upon us. And that, that's really, that's really what it's about. Hey, real quickly, Spencer, I want to pull this up and then I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to touch the third rail of politics. Pull up the, the standalone email that I just sent to you that says, uh, I got this. We're not a democracy. If I, hey, friends, listen, I got this from, from uh, Tracy this morning. No, that's not it. No, not that one. A standalone says, not a democracy. Not a democracy. Um, broke, it broke my train of thought. I'm sorry. We're not a democracy. And you'll notice that how many times our, um, our media, our elected officials continue to tell us that. Did you get it, Spencer? Do I need to resend it? Uh, oh, I sent it to Jared. I sure sent it to you. Okay, I sent it to yours or Jared. I sent it. All right. Hang on. Here it comes. We're not a democracy. We're not a democracy. Democracy is 51-49. And so if they can get more votes, 51-49, they could say that there's a right to kill a baby. We're not a democracy, friends. But they continue to tell us that. And I think it's important that we have the ears to hear. Every time they say that word, understand they're not saying it by accident. They know exactly what they're saying. We are not a democracy. This is just a two-minute clip. I got this from Stephanie, this, or uh, from uh, Tracy. This morning. Listen to it real quick. It's worth playing. Two minutes. Go. Democracy leads to tyranny. 
our democracy. It's a threat to democracy, democracy, democracy. Let me break something down for you real quick and real uh, simple. We are not a democracy. We do not live in a democracy. We've never been a democracy. Democracy leads to tyranny. Democracy leads to hunger lines. Democracy leads to rich and poor, and that it, and that is it. And the rich are the ruling, and the poor are the peasants. The rich are the kings, and we are the serfs. Ladies and gentlemen, understand that when you be able to take things from you, that they don't have a constitutional right to take, like your firearms. Nobody can take a firearm from anybody, even if they are a felon. Why? Because God gave people the right to be able to protect themselves, not the government. The government can take away privileges, okay? The government can also not own anything. So when they say, you're trespassing on the Capitol grounds, uh, to who? Who are we trespassing against? You're on government property. The government can't own any property. Some of the greatest lies you ever told is that we live in a democracy and the government can own property. None of which are true. It is time to do what the Constitution that's on that on those TVs behind me. It's time to do what that Constitution gives us authority and the obligation to do, and that's take back our country, take back our constitutional republic. I want everybody, everybody, to listen very closely right now and to share this moment of this show with everybody that you know, and preferably not Republicans, not conservatives, not people with a brain. I'm talking about people with no brain, people like Democrats who've been brainwashed if they do have a brain. Listen and listen very closely. A constitutional republic, not a democracy. The ideal of a democracy is universal equality. The ideal of a constitutional republic is individual liberty. A democracy always degenerates into dictatorship, which promises government-guaranteed equality and security, but it delivers nothing but poverty and serfdom for the people it robs and rules. America was founded as a constitutional republic to safeguard the liberties of the people against the tyranny of democracy or of one-man dictatorship. In this century, great strides have been made toward the goal of subverting our republic into a democracy. The foremost tactic of the subverters is subversion of language. By calling America a democracy until people thoughtlessly accept and use the term, the totalitarians have obscured the real meaning of our principles of government. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. We are not a democracy. We're not a democracy. Look, every time you hear somebody say that, standing around talking to people, you got to point it out. got to point it out, okay? Constitutional republic. Democracy is a vote of three to two. That's a, that's a, that's a democracy. And uh, a democracy is what happens in your local school district when they vote for a school levy and your neighbors, 51 to 49, get to vote you more taxes. That's not, folks, that's not, the way, that's not the way it works. It's not the way it's supposed to work. And it's easy to convince people uh, in favor of one thing over another where the majority rules. That's not what, it, that's not what a republic is all about. So uh, I think it was important because I just keep saying that Jerry, he just sent me something here. I felt my phone go off. Hang on a second. What's this all about? Stop that. Come back. Done. Whatever that means. Okay. Jack McCarthy says article. I don't want to get into that. I don't want to get into that because I'm going to get into something else. Okay. Here's what I'm going to get into. And I promise you all need this. In fact, we all need this. And as I said, I can't believe that when I, I don't know about you guys. But until I became spiritually inquisitive, in other words, and still I, until I began to ask questions theologically, my faith was stagnant. And as soon as I began to ask questions theologically, I went deeper and deeper and deeper. The scripture says to uh, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And Jesus told us, he got mad at the Pharisees and the Sadducees because he said, you teach his commandments, the doctrines of men. Well, now, what's a doctrine of men? 
Spencer, real quickly, what's a doctrine? Find out from Mr. Webster what a doctrine is there, because it's important. I think we've done this before, but I want to show you something. A doctrine. A doctrine is, in general sense, uh, whatever is taught. Hence, a principle or position in any science is a doctrine. Whatever is laid down is true by an instructor or master, that's a doctrine. Doctrines of the gospel are the principles of truth taught by Christ's disciples. The doctrines of Plato are the principles which he taught. Hence, a doctrine may be true or false. It may be a mere tenet or an opinion. So when Jesus said you teach his commandments, the doctrines of men, by the way, doctrines could be right or wrong, could be true or false, says it right there. Make the word of God in effect. So I, was, I had a conversation yesterday. No, that's not true. I was listening to a conversation yesterday. And they were talking about someone who just passed. They said, oh, they're, uh, they're in heaven now. At least they're in heaven. They're up there with the Lord in heaven. Everything's okay. Boy, my spirit just whew, poked me. Boom. Boom, poked me. Ah. We know in heaven. Where does the Bible teach that people die and go immediately to heaven? Now stop a minute, because you're going to go to Pastor Billy Bob, and he's going to tell you, quit listening to Coach, because Coach is teaching heresies. First of all, I'm not teaching anything I'm asking. This is a group discussion here. Something you've probably never, ever had in the church where you're six-foot icicle in the pulpit rules. You've never had an open discussion like this. I want to have an open discussion. I want to know, anybody else else interested out there? Where do you go when you die? Anybody else interested about that? What happens to you when you die? Anybody else interested in that at all? Because that's what I'm going to talk about here today. And I'm going to tell you that uh, a lot of what we, well, go ahead, Janine. Jump in there real quick, and then let me let me make my point. Go ahead. Well, first of all, God gave the breath to us. He takes it. It goes back to him. But anybody who reads the book of Hebrews will realize that you're dead. You're in the grave until he resurrects you at one or two resurrections in Revelation. At the first. So, so Janine, are you going to let me teach? <laughs> yes. Okay. So you're sitting back? Where do you go when you die? What happens when you, oh, Uncle Billy, he's up there with mom. Finally, he, oh, Sarah died. Now she's reunited with grandma. And, oh, really? Really? And the average Christian, including me, has believed my whole life that when I die, I go to heaven. But the more I began to dig into the Bible, oh, no. I, oh, I found it in the funniest of places. I found it in that daggone rapture verse. Yeah, I did. Number three. Pull on number two. Pull up number two. Pull up number two. I found this years ago, and I got, oh, my head started. But I would not have you be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. Huh? And then I thought about Lazarus when they, when Lazarus' sisters went to Jesus and said, if you hadn't been here, you wouldn't have died. And Jesus said, don't worry, don't worry about it. He's, he's asleep. 
Pull it up. You think I'm lying? Pull it up. Pull it up. Spencer, let death, death of Jesus and Lazarus. Anybody know where that is? Anybody know where that is? Hey, listen. I'm not teaching you heresy. I'm asking a question. You make your own decision. Lazarus. Where's Lazarus? Come forth. He's not dead. He's asleep, Jesus said. Lord, behold, whom thou lovest is sick, and Jesus heard the sickness and not unto death, but for the glory of God, Son of God, my baby mother, and mother loved him. Scroll on down. Uh, keep going. Uh, where is it? Where is it? Jesus said, are there not 12 hours of anything? There it is. These things, 11, these things said he, after that he saith unto them, our friend Lazarus sleepeth. Duh! But I go that I may awake him out of his sleep. The disciples said, dude, you're crazy. You're crazy, Lord. If he sleeps, he's doing good. Albeit Jesus spake of his death, but they thought that he had spoken of take taking of rest and sleep. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there to intend that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. Okay, so take coach, what are you saying here? Well, what is death? And what happens to us after we die? Am I making anybody nervous yet? I haven't even looked see if your hands are up. If you just hold off on your hands. Just hold off here, man. Because by the way, at 2.22 this morning, this is what popped into my brain. That's why I know talking about this today is of the Lord, because I think we all need to settle in our hearts, understand exactly what's going on. By the way, before I get too far ahead of myself, what happens at the great white throne judgment? Can anybody tell me what happens at the great white throne judgment? That's Revelation, uh, is that 21? Is that 21, Revelation 21? What happens at the great white throne ju- judgment? Anybody know? I see the dead, great and small. Standing before the Lord, right? New heaven, new earth. God shall wipe away all the tears. I think it's 21 8, isn't it? Uh, no, nah, that's, that's there, but that's what I'm looking for. Anyway, anyway, so dead and great, the great and small standing before him, right? Jesus said uh, to the thief hanging on the cross, uh, This day you'll be with me at paradise. Now, paradise heaven? Here's what I'm talking about the traditions of men. The tradition teaches his commandments, the doctrines of men. So pull up for me, if you will, where it says, I'm looking at my chart over here, sorry. Three, number three. I found this this morning. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to teach a lot. I'm going to talk. I'm gonna, I want to hear from you guys, okay? <clears throat> okay, folks. Are the dead really dead? And what does that mean? What does it mean that are the dead really dead? Time, time out. Don't let Pastor Billy Bob tell you that I'm teaching doctrines of demons, okay? Don't, I'm asking. I ain't teaching you nothing. I'm reading. Just uh, Death just might be one of the most misunderstood subjects of the day. For many, death is shrouded in mystery and evokes dread, uncertainty, and hopelessness. Others believe that the deceased loved ones are not dead at all, but instead live with them in other realms. Millions are confused about the relationship between the body, the spirit, and the soul. 
But does it really matter what you believe? Yes, absolutely it does. What you believe about the dead will have to a profound impact on what happens to you in the near future. There's no room for guessing. A study guide will help exist will give you exactly what God says on this subject. Get ready for a real eye-opener, right? All right? Hey, look, I'm just reading. What happens when, how did the humans get here? Well, the Lord God formed man, dust the earth, breathed in the left breath of life, man became a living soul. So God made us. Number two, what happens when a person dies? Then the dust will return to the earth as it was, and the spirit will return to God who gave it. It's Ecclesiastes 12, 7. In fact, Ecclesiastes 7 says, more glorious in the eyes of the Lord the day of your death than the day of your birth. The body turns to dust again. The spirit goes back to God who gave it. The spirit of every person who dies, whether saved or unsaved, returns to God at death. The spirit, the spirit is the breath of life. The breath of life returns to God. Next one. What is the spirit that returns to God at death? The body without the spirit is dead. The spirit of God is in my nostrils. Answer, the spirit that returns to God to God at death is the breath of life. When you die, the, your breath of life returns to God. Nowhere in all of God's book does the spirit have any life, wisdom, or feeling after a person dies. It is the breath of life and nothing more. The spirit is the breath. Are you hanging with me here? Don't let, don't let Pastor Billy Bob make uh, tell you never to watch me again. So what's a soul? What's a soul? Now, these are the things we can debate here, okay? These are the things that we can debate. It's important that we do this. The Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. So what is a soul? I was 40 before I knew this. I was 40 years old, 30 years ago. A soul is a living being. A soul is always a combination of two things. Body plus breath. A soul cannot exist unless body and breath are combined. God's word teaches that we are souls, not that we have souls. We are souls. Man became a living soul. But if you take away the breath, the spirit, you take away this breath out of the body, the soul, soul that sins, it shall die. Cool? All right? Go on, next one. Do souls die? Well, soul that sinneth, it shall die. Every living soul died in the sea, Revelation. Answer, according to God's word, souls die. We are soul and souls die. Man is mortal. Only God is immortal. The concept of any of an undying immortal soul is not found anywhere in the Bible, friends, which teaches that souls are subject to death. Do good people go to heaven when they die? Good people, they go to heaven when they die. All who are in the ground will hear his voice and come forth. David is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. For David did not ascend into the heavens. That's Acts 2, 29. If I wait, the grave is my house. That's Job. No, so the answer is no, people do not go to heaven or to hell at death. They don't go anywhere, but they wait in their graves for the resurrection. Remember this. Jesus said, the thief said, will you remember me when you come into your kingdom? And Jesus said, don't worry about it, dude. You'll be with me. You'll be with me. He didn't say we're going to go to heaven together. Jesus said, no, this day you'll be with me in paradise. You'll be with me. We're okay. It's all cool. Wherever I am, you're going to be with me, right? So how much does one know? 
or comprehend after death. The living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing. And they have no more reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. And their love, their hatred, and their, their envy have now perished. Nevermore will they have a share in anything done under the sun. There is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you are going. The dead do not praise the Lord, Psalm 115. So the answer is, God says that the dead know absolutely nothing. They're not up there flying around in heaven with Grandma Susan. At least what the Bible teaches. I don't know what your traditions are. But by the way, none of this scares me. I know to be absent with the body is going to be present with the Lord. I, I'm, I'm not worried about it at all. I'm not worried. I, I don't think, I'm sorry. Mom, I love you, Mom. Love you, Dad. I don't think they're looking over heaven's window sill down at me. I don't think so. We've been taught that, but I don't, I don't think they are. I don't think we can find anywhere in the scripture where it says they're up in heaven looking down at us. Watch it. In fact, if they were watching, they'd be sick at their stomach, some stuff they'd go see going on. But can't the dead communicate with the living? And aren't they aware of what the living are doing? Well, Job says, man lies down and does not rise till the heavens are no more. They will not awake or be aroused from their sleep. Oh, it went too fast. Go back. Spencer, you're going too fast over here. I'm reading. His sons come to honor, and he does not know it. They are brought low, and he does not perceive it. Nevermore will they have a share in anything done under the sun. Ecclesiastes 9. No, the dead cannot contact the living, nor do they know what the living are doing. They are dead. Their thoughts have perished. Psalm 146. Somebody getting nervous yet? Huh? Because I'm going to tell you, everything you know about funerals and death and burial, everything you know probably isn't true. What they preach at the funeral, oh, he's in a better place. What do you mean he's in a better place? Says who? What well, says to be absent of the body, be present with the Lord. Yeah, that means it's a better place. What were you guys getting this stuff? So how long will they sleep? Jesus called the conscious state of the dead sleep. Man lies down and does not rise till the heavens are no more. The day of the Lord will come in which the heavens will pass away. uh, The dead will sleep until the great day of the Lord at the end of the world. And And dead humans are totally unconscious with no activity or knowledge of any kind. Boy, this is scary, isn't it? Because this is not what we've been taught. And then, okay, so what? Oh, now this guy got to do this. So what happens to the righteous dead at the second coming of Christ? Behold, I come quickly. My reward is with me to give everyone according to his work. The Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, and the dead in Christ will rise. What? The dead in Christ, who in Christ? The dead in Christ will rise, and thus we shall be with the Lord. We shall all be changed, all of us, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. The dead will rise incorruptible, for this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. Answer, you're going to be rewarded. They'll be raised, given immortal bodies, brought up to meet the Lord in the air. There would be no purpose in a resurrection if people were already in heaven. Anybody getting nervous yet? What was the devil's devil's first lie? Eleven. What was the devil's first lie? Scroll down there, Spence. There you go. Uh, the serpent said to the woman, you're not going to die. First lie told. Serpent of old called the devil and Satan. So the answer is, you will not die. Well, that was the first lie. 
Why did the devil lie to Eve about death? Could this be more important than we think? Answer, the devil said lie that we will not die. He's one of the pillars of his teaching. For thousands of years, he's worked powerful, deceptive miracles to trick people into thinking they're receiving messages from the spirits of the dead. Let's go on down. I think I can, more, look, you can study this later. The devils really work miracles, blah, blah, blah. That's not, that's not even what I'm talking about, okay? Uh, so I ask myself this as I'm doing this study here. I'll let you get in here in a second. How many heavens are there? People say you go to heaven. How many heavens are there? Well, go to number five. I'm going to let you in here in a minute, I promise. Are there people in heaven right now? How many heavens are there? The Bible mentions three heavens. The first heaven refers to the earth's atmosphere. That's the realm of the sky. Some, I'm going to stop him. Somebody say, Coach, this is good. I never knew any of this stuff. I'm going to wait. See, it's good, Coach. Good. Say, Coach, you got me thinking, Coach. You got me thinking. This is good. That's not, my, that's not what my Presbyterian pastor told me. So there's the first heaven, or heaven refers to the Earth's atmosphere. The second heaven, or heavens, refers to the space as in the realm of the planets and the stars. And the third heaven is also called paradise in Scripture, refers to the abode of God, the heavenly realm. Right? Okay, let's go to this one. Uh, number seven. Huh? Uh, or, nah, what about seven? Yeah, go to that. Where does the idea of seven heavens come from? Seventh heaven. I was in the seventh heaven. Well, it's ancient Babylonian idea. So what? So paganism has crept in. They're the, they're the seven heavens of ancient Babylon, the moon, Mercury. Scroll down. Did you guys know any of this stuff? Huh? You go to the, did you know any of this? There's Venus, Mars, the sun, Jupiter. Those are the seven heavens of paganism, Babylonian paganism. And unfortunately, the church has swallowed some of these. Getting into the zodiac and all that, all that kind of stuff. Well, wow. One more thing, I think. Let me see. Uh, are there people in heaven right now? Number four. Pull that out, number four. Are there people in heaven right now? Oh, we did that, didn't we? No, there it is. Are there people in heaven right now? Is anyone there? Well, oh, this is really good. I'll put it in the chat and you can read it. Because it takes you, I don't want, I don't have enough time to go. It takes you to nine different witnesses who tell you, scroll down one, scroll down. Are there people in heaven right now? They're participating in nine Bible witnesses. And this, this put this on the website. It takes you through the nine biblical witnesses that tell you that there's nobody in heaven yet. Go to number one, scroll out down. Right there. Stop right there. The Apostle John. Are there people in heaven right now? John the Apostle said, no one, no one has ascended up to heaven except he who came down from heaven, the Son of Man who is in heaven. Has anybody ever seen God? John the Apostle says no one's seen God at any time. The only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. I got more. Trying to do a real long Involved thing. I'm trying to get you to think. Come on in, Clay. Yeah, that John John three thirteen right there. That was Jesus that uh that he was quoting. No that one said, has ascended up to heaven. Right, except for 
the son of man. And uh, I was doing some research to try to find out what happened to Enoch and Elijah. And uh, in second Kings uh, 2.11, it, it talks about a chariot of fire coming down. And it says, uh, and, Eli- and the chariot of fire uh, at the end of it, it says, and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. So I was doing some research on that. And I looked up the Hebrew word for where for that, where it says into heaven. And it says the Hebrew word used there before it was translated into English is Shema, uh, Shemayan is the name is, is, it's called Shemayan and it means the heavens. And if you do some further study of that word, it reveals that that, that word Shemayan means, let me look right here. Uh, the earth's sky or atmosphere or the stellar spheres and the stars as seen through the night sky. It also can mean the dwelling place of God and other heavenly beings. So it's, it's, it's not talking about when somebody dies going to a place. It's talking about a chariot of fire taking, taking somebody into a place that we don't, we don't really understand or know. Okay, so we're going to some happy place when we die. Okay, so listen, I don't want to get too broad and too deep, but it's hard not to, folks. What what I'm asking is, here's the proposition I'm making, okay? I don't know. I really, I'm not a theologian. I think when you die, you sleep. That's what I think. Now, what happens at the great white throne, what happens at the great white throne judgment? Does anybody know? Can you go to that Revelation 21? I saw the dead and... Uh, I saw, uh, is it 21, 8? Put up Revelation 21. 20. 20? Is it 20? I'm sorry. 20, 10. 10 and 11. 20, 10. 20, 10. And I saw, and I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it from whom the face of the earth and the heaven fled away, and there found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. Now, folks, wait a minute. At the great white throne judgment, the dead and small are going to stand before God, and the books are going to be opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things that were written in the books of life according to the works. Now, hang on a minute. If they're already in heaven, are they going to, are, are my mom and dad in heaven, got their reward in heaven, and now they're going to come back and be judged? Well, first of all, Understand this: those who receive Christ are not going to be ju- I, they're not going to be judged about whether they get into heaven or hell or not. As I said before, I think this is an award ceremony. I think it's an award ceremony for the saved. The saved are going to be given a reward at the great white throne judgment. But those who have not received Christ, they're going to be cast into the lake of fire. But the, I'm, my opinion now, the dead and great. This is a great resurrection. Everybody's there. The saved and the unsaved. The unsaved get rewards. Their name's written in the book of life. They get rewards. And the others are judged out of the books because they they screwed up. They did all these sins. They're judged out of that. I'm not judged because I'm written in the Lamb's book of life. But yet the great judgment is there. Does anybody think I'm crazy? And I don't see how my mom and dad can be in heaven and then show up at the white throne judgment to decide whether they get to stay in heaven or not. Anybody with me? Go on in, Johnny Burkin. 
Yes, sir. It's a good study here. Uh, I just wanted to mention uh, Luke 16 about Lazarus and the rich man. How uh, uh, Lazarus went up into the bosom of Abraham and uh, the rich man was down in hell being tormented. Right. And he asked uh, for yeah. Lazarus to come down with a, drip of, a drop of water on his fingertip. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I mean, it's, that's good. No, that's good. That's good. It's pretty so you mean deep. to tell me if one, I don't know. It's a great golf, it says. It's a great golf, right? How can Lazarus be in heaven and cross that great golf? I don't, you got me there, John. I don't know. I don't know. Betty. Good hey, don't, don't listen, don't let Uncle Billy Bob tell you I'm teaching heresy because I'm asking questions. I ain't teaching nothing. Go ahead, Betty. Yeah, thanks. Uh, Spencer, could you put in the two things about the dead people in the heavens in the chat, please? And my question is when someone dies, you know, some people have said they went to heaven and then they came back. If they didn't go to heaven, I was wondering where do they go? Well, first of all, uh, they may have gone into the heavenlies. They may have gone into a spiritual realm, Right. But we know this. I haven't heard of anybody who had a near-death experience who stayed in heaven. Can anybody name one? Can anybody name anybody who had a near? They call it a near-death experience because they ain't dead. It's a near-death experience. And they come back, so they never really went to heaven. They may have seen it, but they didn't go there. I don't, I don't know, Betty. I don't know. Hey, look, here's the, here's the question I'm asking today. Without getting into all this other stuff, all this other stuff, would it bother you, really, if when you died, you went into Abraham's bosom and slept in the presence of Jesus Christ? Would that bother you? I like sleeping. It wouldn't bother me at all. And to be absent with the body, from the bodies, to be present with the Lord, He wants me to sleep till everything's done. I wouldn't have any, I wouldn't have any trouble with that. But I'm going to tell you this: I have a hard time finding anybody anywhere who went to heaven and danced around the streets of gold, stayed up there and saw their mansion. And I, I don't, folks, I don't find that anywhere. They have to come back to be judged, to be rewarded. That's the way I see it. Hey, listen. Oh, oh I'm, just, I'm just asking a question. Go ahead, Randy. Coach, it's good that you're tearing down some of these strongholds. And there's a lot of this tradition teaching that we thought of God and it isn't. But one thing, Coach, there in Revelation, I think you're on it there uh, about the white throne judgment. Who is them? Okay, you have to find the context of who is them on, in, in verse number uh, eleven. Verse eleven there, and there was no place found for them. Who's it talking hmm. to? You got to go back up and get the context, the subject. It's the devil, the beast, and the false prophet. It's not really talking about the dead. Oh, Randy, good connection. Folks, do you see that? And the devil that deceived them was cast in the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat upon it from whose the face of the earth, heaven and fled away and found no place for them. Who's the them, Randy? The devil? False prophet? Is that the them he's talking about there? Yeah, Coach, it's the kingdom of Satan. It's showing that it's it's over. It's what it's proving. Mm. But here's what I can't, can't get away from. And I saw the dead, 
Small and great. What does that mean? What does that mean? Help me out, Silver. What does that mean? I saw the dead small and great. You mean there's some great dead and some small dead? Is that small what that mean? Is my mom a small dead or a great dead? Is my dad a small dead or a great dead? I think it means ain't nobody better than anybody else. Don't you think that's what it means? I saw everybody standing just the same. The small and the great and the small. Ain't nobody better than anybody else. Mm. All standing there at the mercy seat of God. That's the way that I read that. I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God and the books were open. Now, wait a minute. I thought these people were already in heaven. They died and went to heaven, I thought. Nope. Said, look, I, hey, hey, Jerry, empty heaven. Bring all those folks down here. We got to have a court hearing here for them. That doesn't even make sense. Does it? And does it matter to you, really, if we if we go to heaven, we go to this place, this Abraham's bosom, this holding place, this paradise, Jesus said. And he said, this day you'll be with me in paradise. There is no time there. There is no time. Time is only in this earthly realm. We die, we leave the earthly realm. There is no time. That's hard for us to get conception of. And we sleep where there is no time. We're in a holding pattern in a place where there is no time. And then the Lord's going to blow the trumpet and boom, everybody's going to come to life. Does that sound heretical? Oh, don't tell this to your pastor. He'll tell you never tune in Coach Dave again. Don't ever tune him in again. Go ahead, Dale. Well, and and, and as Paul said in, 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 in the 15th chapter, I believe it was of Corinthians, he says, I tell you a mystery. And brother, that's exact. This is like the rapture. That's there a is, mystery. This is a mystery because, you know, we can look at all these things. Even in Ephesians, he says that we are seated with him in heavenly places. When you're talking about that paradise, that actual Greek word is the garden, Eden, pleasure. Brother, this, this is a mystery. That's all there is. And, and I never allow that. You know, are we sleeping? Do we die? Because then Hebrews chapter 12 comes in, such a great cloud of witnesses that encompass yeah, us. Yeah, Dale, you know, Dale, what, the, what the hell heck is the rain about? But What's I do know, this, Coach, Coach, this is what I've preached at every funeral. I, I don't know. But I do know if that voice can come back from that side, they would tell you to bend your knee to Jesus. That's <laughs> what I do know. Amen. Listen, folks, there is no time outside this earthly realm. Time is a creation in this earthly realm. There's no time. We can't even conceive that. Janine. Well, first of all, we're all standing before God right now. And what we do with our lives and who we proclaim will be decided by the time we give our last breath back to God. Um, Abraham's bosom is a picture. It's not a real thing. It's a story to give, it's an allegory to give us information to make the right decision. Um, all are dead. There, There is no, if you go to Abraham's bosom, like someone used to, to mention in this queue years ago, um, think about that. The, it goes against every scripture in the book saying there's no remembrance. The breath goes back to God. How could you talk against the gulf? We have to keep the red thread going through the whole Bible. If we don't, we go off on all these different yes. um, areas that are going to take us off 
the word of God. Because um, uh, Janine, I, I never, I never, ever, 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 ever go to a, a funeral or speak at a funeral. I've had an opportunity to do that and ever tell anybody that this guy's in heaven. I never, ever do that. When I, I tell did them they're, my, with, they're with the Lord. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. I'm okay with that one. I did my mother's and my dad's funeral. And I made it very clear in both of them. And people were looking at me like I had the deer in the headlights. But you know what? It was the only time I could talk to mostly Catholics that have infiltrated with this type of doctrine into the churches, the seventh heaven, all of that. It's all Catholic doctrine right back from Babylonian uh, Talmudic uh, teaching. And we've, we received it. We need to go back into the word of God and take it for what it is. Um, if it looks like, if it looks like it's not the, uh, you know, uh, it's a contradiction. Well, then we have to see why is he putting it that way? And the book of Revelation, if people want to look, it's a chiasm structure. So that's why it might seem kind of confusing. Look up what a chiasm is, and you'll understand that when you see that, it'll start matching up with that red thread that goes through the word of God. Mm. Silver. Coach, I've always had the belief concerning death that uh, one of the things that you, we're talking about to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Okay. And you can say that and take it literally. But then when you look at the creation of man, all we are is just a bunch of dirt. And then God breathed into us and we became a living soul. Amen. When we die, our soul goes away. It doesn't exist. But our spirit goes back to God. That's how we are present in death with the Lord. Because it goes, it, it, our spirits go back to him. Amen. Awaiting judgment. <laughs> Joe, not, not only that, we just read that there's no memory in the grave. We just read that. There's no memory in the grave. What? And the grave is just a bunch of dirt. See, that goes against everything that we've been taught. And by the way, remember, Jesus said, teaching as commandments the doctrines of men, making the word of God of none effect. Now, look, here's, here's the way I see it. When I die, I am going to be present with the Lord. I don't know what state that's going to be in. I don't know where it's going to be. But his promise to me is when I die, wherever he is, I'm going to be there. But I know this, we just read in the scripture, ain't nobody in heaven yet, if I read it right. What, what, and why do, why, are we, why, do we, why do we perpetuate that lie? Why do we say that to people? He's in a better place. First of all, not everybody's in a better place, right? That's a lie. Now, we could say, well, he's done suffering. Well, in the physical body, I get this. Suffering's over. I get that. But Lazarus was asleep. The dead sleep. At the sound of the last trumpet, the dead wake up. Amen. That's the way, that's the way I read it. And I think that my mom and my dad and me are all entering the, the streets of gold at the same time. Because there's no time there. There's no time. And so they're standing in line, asleep, 
waiting for the trumpet to blow so we can all go in there to get that's the way I see it. I, I don't tell Pastor Billy Bob because he'll his he sure won't want to hear that, right? But everybody goes to heaven when they die. Michelle. Hey, good morning, team. Um, I don't know if there's no memory because then the the parable, not the story of Lazarus, but the parable of the rich man and the beggar, they were definitely conscious of where they were and um, asking for a dip of that water, that water, maybe he's talking about the water of living, flowing life that he does not get access to and the souls who are righteous do. Uh, that's why I'm saying, I don't know, huh? Um, uh, pull up Acts uh, 229 real quickly. Can you do that real quick? <clears throat> Acts 229. Acts 229. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried. <laughs> and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. Now go to verse 34. Verse 34. For David is not ascended into the heavens. But he saith himself, the Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou on my right hand until I make thy foes thy footstool. David's not in heaven. Dudes. Makes you scratch your ear, doesn't it? Myra. Coach, um... Well, today's Bible verse had to say something about the death. Um, and it was First Kings 17, 21 through 24. And he stretched himself upon the child three times and cried unto the Lord and said, Oh, Lord, my God, I pray thee, let the child's soul come to him again. And the mm. Lord heard the voice of Elijah and the soul of the child came into him again. And he wow. revived. And Elijah took the child and threw and brought him down out of the chamber into the house and delivered him unto his mother. And Elijah said to thy son, liveth. And the woman said to Elijah, now by this I know that thou art a man of God and that the word of the Lord in thy mouth is true. Hallelujah. Well, that was your reading for today that I didn't get to. Yes, yes, that was. It, it, it's the Holy Spirit working with us. Uh, days, days in advance. Okay. Ecclesiastes 7, real quick. Ecclesiastes 7, pulled up there. Uh, I hope we're all still friends. Hey, look, do me a favor. Work out your own salvation. Check it out for yourself. Don't believe me. I'm not here. Look, when I die, I'm going to be with the Lord. I don't know where that is. I can tell you right now from everything I've read, ain't nobody in heaven. <laughs> Sorry. Nobody's gone there yet. Nobody's been there yet. A good name is better than precious ointment. And the day of death than the day of one's birth. Are you kidding me? Amen. So when I die, no matter how what it's like, no matter who, what, it's better than the day I was born. Boy, is that, does that turn theology on its head? If then you are a servant of the Almighty God, death is an advancement. It's a promotion. It's a promotion. The day of death, better than the day one was born. That is unbelievable. Don't tell Pastor Billy Ball that we were talking about this today. Keep it to yourself. 
Tillemann.